0: Hi, friends, and welcome to the True Speaks podcast with Jessica Lauren. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm so stoked to be here with you all. I started this podcast because I believe that one of the best things we can do is share life and conversations with others about the big things, about the hard things, and about the important things, and I am so excited to invite friends from all different places for some incredible conversations. Right, you guys. Jenna is bringing the fire today, and I am so excited. I love this girl so much. I respect her so much. And from the first time that I met her and heard her speak, I just knew that she would be one of those people that just I would love to spend time with. And so I'm really grateful that I get to share her with y'all today. We are talking about emotional eating and this is such a good topic. And I think that it's something that is going to impact more people than you'd really think. Um, I think that this impacts me. And I didn't even know until we started talking. And so I'm really grateful for this conversation. We're also talking a little bit about singleness, um, but we're really mostly talking about what it looks like to fight for hope. And fighting for hope, I think, is something that resonates with so many of us, as there's just so many different situations in our life and our world where. We are struggling to find hope, and so I just really believe that everything Jenna has to say today is going to be such an encouragement to specific people out there. I know it's such an encouragement to me, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So here is my conversation with my friend, Jenna. Hey, Jenna. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited. I'm so excited for this conversation, and I'm so excited for what you bring to the table um, because you're just a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and um, grace and kindness and all of the things. And so I am just really excited to share you with the people today. Thank you so much for that. Those are such sweet words. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. So I would love if you took just a second to share a little bit about who you are and who is Jenna. What do you do? What does your life look like right now? Yes. So my name is Jenna
1: Barbosa. Yes, I am... um, I'm 35. I'm actually going to be 36 soon. Woohoo. So I'm rounding the corner toward 40. <laughs> um, but I can tell you what, my 30s have been way better than my 20s. Mm. So I'm good. I'm okay. I'm
0: okay. I've heard <laughs> that. That is like a thing that I've heard. So that's exciting. I'm yeah. looking forward to my 30s. Yeah. <laughs> I think,
1: like,
0: what do they say? 30s are the new 20s, yes. 40s are
1: the new 30s. So yes. I'm, I'm going to be 30 soon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, so what I do as a career is... Um, I'm an administrative director for our nonprofit um, counseling and coaching um, and education services, mm-hmm. True Vine Christian Services, and um, I also am a certified biblical counselor. And so I love I love serving all of our counselors on our team, and mm-hmm. I also love being a counselor um, and just really being able to sit with people in their in their hurts mm-hmm. in their. Um, struggles and in the joyful moments and just really just walk them through a journey, ultimately point them to God's truth and, um, just really kind of sit with them, you know, in, in the stuff. And so I love that it is so rewarding. So I do that for the most part as a career. And, um, I also love to speak and, um, just really speak about truth. I love to unpack the truths of the Bible, unpack Mm -hmm. just um, emotional stuff whenever we talk about kind of more psychological things. And So I do that. Um, What I love to do for fun is anything creative. I love painting. I love pottery. I learned how to make pottery on the wheel. Oh, fun. Um, And that was a whole really cool experience. Um, I love to... Do puzzles, color. I love coloring. I have so many coloring books. It's really kind of funny. I love that. Um, so anything really creative. I yeah. think when I can work with my hands. Yep, it kind of helps to shift my mind from yes. all of the hard mental stuff. Yes, that I, do. I was going to say
0: you have a very emotionally like mentally heavy job, and yeah. so I can imagine like little things mm-hmm. that allow you to like do something that feels kind of productive, but mm-hmm. also doesn't take a lot of mental space. It's just like great. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, anything that's like creative like that, yeah. or just getting out in nature, yeah. and. Just being able to really kind of quiet my mind, I think, mm. is a really great opportunity to to kind of recharge and yeah. really take that time to just get me where I need to be. Yeah, um, on that reset point. Yeah, you know, self care and yes. all of that good soul care as well. Um, so that's kind of a brief overview. I also love to write. I have a book coming out. Woohoo! Um, and I love to just really just basically inspire. My mission in life is to inspire resilience. Mm-hmm. So whatever platform is in front of me to be able to do that, I just love being able to take that on. So
0: I that's love a little it. bit about me. Oh, so much good stuff. Okay. So you said you are writing a book. Well, the book's written. Now yes. it's in the like all the little nitty gritty details yeah. stage. But tell us about your book, Tenacious yes. Grace and that journey and where that all began for you. Yes, I am so excited about this. So
1: Tenacious Grace is the name of my book. The tagline is redefine your relationship with food and end emotional eating. Um, So it's really from my own journey. Mm -hmm. So God laid this on my heart to write this book um, in 2016. So it's been about three-ish years in the making right now. And really, it started out not even as a book. Um, My journey, I've struggled with food really kind of all my life. It really started getting out of control In my mid-20s because I was in um, a really toxic, abusive relationship. And I really struggled with loneliness Mm -hmm. and really just got into the pattern of using food as an external control to be able to gain some type of feeling of comfort or control over what felt really out of control internally for me. So that's really where it got out of control. But through this journey of walking through uncovering God, what is going on? Why is it such a struggle for me? I was really able to trail back to, um, even as a kid, whenever those early moments happened, um, where I found that food was something I could use as a coping mechanism that gave me some type of control. Mm -hmm. It's always temporary, um, control of course, but, Um, That was really kind of where I started with this journey as saying, okay, I need to figure out what this is. So for me, it was very much, I knew how to lose weight. I knew how to eat right, exercise. Um, I just wasn't able to really get into a program and stick with it and see the weight continue and to lose. And I just was really frustrated and crying out to the Lord and just saying, I I need help with this. Like some yeah. there has to be a missing piece somewhere mm-hmm. um, because we have this overflow of information with, I mean, you can Pinterest. Right. Like, like the resources so are there. So many resources yeah. and online and there's so many personal training things out there. So there's so many things that you can mm-hmm. figure out how to lose weight. Um, but I think the question that... Culture as a whole is missing is why is the weight there to begin with? Mm. Um, Why is the struggle with food there to begin with? Because some people, their struggle with food is not eating it. Mm. Um, And then their struggle with food is fearing what that's going to do to them. Whereas other people need to turn to it and turn to it all the time. So you have the spectrum of people with emotional eating issues. And so for me, I just was like, okay, God, I need to figure this out. What is happening? I can't just put another how-to program on this. Yeah. Um, and so through that journey, I just gathered a couple of my friends uh, together that I know struggle with it as well. And said, let's just really dive in and see if we can figure this out. Um, let's go at a different angle. Let's ask the why question instead of try to do a how-to program. Yes. You know, Let's just really unpack kind of all the things, like all the feelings, all the things. Um, and so the support group really is what started this journey. So as I was writing just kind of the curriculum, the the week to week topics, the things that we were going to talk through, uh, God just really started pouring out the structure of what that was going to look like for the groups. And so once I had some of the groups up and running, um, it turned into a second group and at that point, I really was like, I have a book here. So mm-hmm. I went back and just expanded each chapter into a book. So the book came actually secondary to the support groups, um, but it really was God showing me this is a need. yeah, um, And hopefully this can be a tool to get into the hands of people who struggle with emotional eating. And it's been so long. And they're just so confused as why is this even a struggle for me? Yeah. Um, my job in this book is not to say, here's how you lose the weight. Mm. It's to help you understand why the weight is even there to begin with. Um, it's also not my job to help you, um, in this book. I'm not trying to, um, give you a fix for how you deal with food. Um, that comes kind of as a secondary thing to when you unpack emotionally mm-hmm. what that relationship with food is, right. whether it's right. fear of it or the need of it. Right. Um, so that's really kind of where the book is right now. That's awesome. My desire for it, um, and I'm hoping to have it out in the next couple months and just, just
0: let God do what he's going to do best with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've heard you speak a few times and, um, I just know that you are so full of wisdom in this area because I think you've, you've walked this road, like you've done the work you've put in the work to figure out, okay, God, like what is going on? You know? And I think so often in our lives, we, I'm a big believer that we really live this life with this void, you know, and we try to fill it with so many different things. And even as a Christian, like, you know, you know, growing up, you talk about like how there's a hole in your heart and like, you know, (laughs) God fixes the hole in your heart and whatever. (laughs) Um, and, and he does, and he does do that. But I think that there's there's so much more to it than, okay, I'm a Christian now. Like I have a relationship with God. That's great. And that's amazing. But then, then what do we do? Mm -hmm. Because as Christians, we have junk that we're dealing with. Like Mm -hmm. our life isn't perfect. And there's so much that, you know, we have to navigate and figure out how to walk through. And so it's not like God comes into your life and he fixes everything immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, like what, what do we do in those seasons and in those situations where we're like, okay, God, like, what do we do with this? Now Mm -hmm. what? you know absolutely i think that that's
1: where we as believers really have to understand that yes god is the great healer jehovah Rapha, but the thing is is we don't stay on the operating table long enough mm. to let him do the hard work mm. because it's hard work and yeah. so it's really hard to stay in a place where god can reveal all of the emotional connections that are unhealthy mm. where those happened often is in painful moments. Yeah. And so to uncover these faulty belief systems that we have is like digging up roots while you're working around a thorn bush. Yeah. Because it hurts to dig in. Yeah. And they're often they're often in a painful place in our life, in our heart, in our mind. And so doing that is very hard and so many of us say okay god help me fix this issue help me understand this issue but when he starts really having us go deep and it starts hurting again that's really where god says okay you gotta let me yeah because we want to run from that oh my gosh so much and that's where we have our coping mechanisms Mm. that's where food comes in that's where Um, unhealthy relationships, anything from substance, gambling, any type of thing that you can see as an external way to control what feels uncontrollable internally. Yes. That I say that a lot, but that is really where you can fill in the blanks, whatever it is for you. Um, whoever it is for you. So many of us use, you know, people to do that as well, but Absolutely. Whenever we go through that journey of becoming a Christian, right, we have then been, been given the power, the full access to the power. It's not like we level up as right. we go in, right. in spiritual maturity. We don't, you know, have like this level of access to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no, like he's like, been I can follow like, all of me. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's like I'm five years in, I get this level. Yes. Of, you know? Right? 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 We have full access at once. um But the, the level of power that comes out in how we live as Christians comes with the maturity aspect of learning how to stay put in the moment, Mm. let God do the healing work, Mm -hmm. um, where we are willing to allow ourselves to feel, but not have those feelings drive our car. Right. Um, allow ourselves to feel and not make a judgment on if that feeling is bad or good right. but just to say okay how am I feeling yeah what do I do with that feeling now like if we don't if, if we don't stop judging our feelings we're never going to deal with them right. they're going to just constantly deal right. with us right um so it's hard work to do that yeah. emotional you know, healing that God really has
0: for us in anything that we turn to. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, like, practically it looks like to stay on the operating table? And I know that that is going to look very different for everybody, but I feel like the the church answer to that is like, pray and read your Bible. <laughs> but, but what about what, I mean, what is that? And obviously those are really good things to do. And those are transformative things. Mm-hmm. I've seen that be transformative in my life, but I feel like there might be some other things <laughs> yeah. that, that it looks like. I mean, what do you, what does that look like for you to stay on the table? That's a really good question. I think what that looks like
1: in application along with yes, praying and reading your Bible, those are necessary and huge components. Um, But honestly, I think a huge part of it is almost kind of playing detective in your own life. Mm. Um, I don't think that we stop long enough to look at our own self and what we're doing because we're in this reactive mode of just reacting to the moment, reacting Mm. to the emotion, reacting to the person in front of us. Um, reacting to our scheduling culture, we just react. And so I think we've lost this ability in life to be able to understand what it means to respond. Mm. um, And we just react. I can totally see that. And so I think that the biggest part in staying on that operating table is getting gut honest with ourselves. I have had to have so many moments in this journey in the last three to four years where I just literally... I have to call it what it is and say, Jenna, you are absolutely wanting this circumstance to go your way and to do it however you want, whenever you want, you know, whatever that looks like. And with specifically the food situation, um, for me, I had to really get honest and say, okay, what do you want this, this time of eating this food to do for you. Mm. Um, And there were moments where even just being able to understand like what I really want right now is companionship. And so this is why I'm eating the pizza. Yeah. And for me, I had to really not feel silly for identifying that Mm -hmm. Um, because it it does like, I think if you're like, okay, it's just pizza. right? Right. But if you go, well, obviously I believe that this is going to do something Mm. because I keep doing it. Like I always say, we do what we believe. We don't do what we know. Yeah. And so I know pizza (laughs) is not going to grow arms and hug me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I know that. um, But if I don't sit long enough and let God show me what I really am believing, Mm. um, I'm believing that I'm able to gain comfort from that pizza, which – symbolizes companionship for me when I can't get it elsewhere. And so that is where that's one element with the food thing. Um, Also with um, another area God's really walked me through is just relationship with men and Mm -hmm. singleness. And um, in that area, I had to get real with myself and say, what are you wanting from this relationship? What are you wanting from this man? What are you wanting from this, um, attempt to try to control Mm -hmm. and manipulate the situation so that you can get what. And so, you know, it really comes down to observing your own actions and asking, what do I believe? And Mm -hmm. often our actions tell us what we believe. Yeah. If I do this, then I believe it's going to work. Yeah. If I do this over and over and over again, I really believe it's going to work. But when it doesn't work... That's where what we know and what we believe clash yeah. and that cognitive dissonance happens. Um, and so what we know to be true, but what we believe to be true don't line up. Mm. One of them is going to win over. Yeah, And often what we believe comes from the soil of what we feel. And if we let our thinking be faulty, it births faulty feelings mm. that are unreliable And that will lead us into faulty belief systems, which then end up in actions that
0: are destructive. Right. Because I think a lot of times we do things that we would never want to do. Like, you know, if we woke up in the morning, we wouldn't say, I want to eat a whole pizza. Or I want to look at porn. Or I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't wake up and say, I want to cheat on my husband. Or I, you know, whatever it is. And yet we do those things. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why, why do we do those things? And yet it, yeah. I love what you said, that it comes back to what we believe. Mm. And I think there was a time last year where I felt like the Lord was like, do you believe me? Mm. Like, not do you believe in it's me, okay. but do you Believe me. Mm -hmm. And if you believe me, then yeah, you're going to live different and you're going to actually trust me with this Mm -hmm. situation and you can surrender that to me. And for whatever reason, it doesn't sound that groundbreaking, but that was groundbreaking for me because I was like, wait, I don't want to just believe in God. Mm -hmm. Like I believe in God, but do I believe God? And am I going to live my life like I believe God? Because yeah. he says that I have value and that I'm worthy. And he says that I'm enough and that he says that I'm not alone and mm-hmm. I'm not forsaken and all of these things. And so if I believe those things about myself, my life is completely different because yeah. of it, you know? Absolutely. And I think that
1: is groundbreaking because it's kind of one side of the coin of saying, am I going to believe God? It's mm-hmm. like you are challenging yourself. And that's a part of also staying on the operating table is get into the place of being able to really challenge ourselves and say all right what are you going to do with this mm-hmm. are you going to do something different today with this mm-hmm. are you going to believe this what do you believe mm-hmm. um and so that's definitely that one side of it am i going to believe god am i going to believe who i am yeah. based off of who god says i am am i going to believe who people are and what their ability and capacity level is to fulfill a level in my heart that only is able to have God fulfill Mm, it. Yeah, Um, Am I going to believe God's word? Am I going to believe him at his word? And I think that that's the biggest question that we can ask ourselves as believers. Um, And then I think as a secondary question is, what do I believe? Kind of going back to like, what am I believing about this? And so I think that the other side of that coin is being able to, again, be God honest with yourself and say, you know what? God, I don't believe that you're going to be my fulfillment right now. Mm-hmm. I very vividly remember one one night when I was in my car driving and I was really starting to come out of just some old, really unhealthy coping mechanisms. I was trying to break away from my uh, abusive ex. And I just really struggled with, okay, God, I cognitively, I know that's not helping me anymore. It's hurting me to go to the clubs mm-hmm. and the bars and the – random, you know, just the random feel good moments mm-hmm. and, and the drinking and all that stuff. Like, I know that that's not going to fill a void mm-hmm. anymore because it's left me even more exhausted yeah. and, uh, empty. Yeah. And so, but what do I do God? Cause I don't believe that you're going to actually fulfill that. And so that I remember very vividly, he just really revealing to me, part of why I don't believe God is going to fulfill that place in my heart and my heart's needs is because I haven't given him ample opportunity to do so. Mm. And, um, he said, if you, you, you haven't let me be faithful to you yeah, in a way that you see it, I'm always faithful to right. you. God is always faithful to us. Um, but in the way that we have turned our eyes to watch it happen, to mm. see it happen, That's when we stay on the operating table, because I believe he gives us just enough anesthesia on that table to not have the pain completely overtake us. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But he keeps us awake enough to know that the healing only comes from him. Yeah. And that deep fulfillment only comes from him. And so um, in the car that day, I just said, "Okay, God, I don't believe and he's I don't believe that you are going to fill that place. And he said, well, what would you do if you did believe me? What would you do if you did believe that i could and would fulfill that place in your heart um and i kind of thought through that and said well i i wouldn't go hunting for coping mechanisms um i would go home i would either cry it out i would read the bible i would pray i would go to sleep i would do something that yeah. doesn't bring destruction right. or opportunity um for destruction in my life and He said, well, you choose things all the time. You could just choose to do and let the feelings follow. Mm. And so oftentimes I think part of my healing has been acknowledging, I don't feel like doing this. I don't believe God will come through on this. And I don't want to do this, but I know that I'm able to choose to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to choose. I'm going to give God the opportunity to show up in a big way. Um, and he does he he fills that space. Yeah. He's not mad at us for that. He can handle us um in those moments mm-hmm. and he says, "Okay, great. Now you've positioned your heart to be able to receive even though it doesn't believe mm-hmm. right now." And so, as God continues to show up, our belief follows because yeah. we get to see his faithfulness. Yeah. Cuz we're looking for it.
0: Right. Oh, I think that's so good. That's so I, f- I feel like that's really the key, you mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day because it's like Man, it can be hard to believe God. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to believe, man. You are faithful in this situation that I feel like you haven't been faithful in, or Mm -hmm. I've been in this season for years or whatever it is, and and yet, do we trust God? Mm -hmm. And do we live a life of faith? Because faith is being sure of something that we can't see. Mm -hmm. And so, what does it look like to live a life of faith? You know, that's just that can be just such a game changer. I I think that's so powerful. So I feel like emotional eating and loneliness and like filling that void in our souls can tie really closely with um, being in a season of singleness. Mm -hmm. And um, you and I are both in that season right now. (laughs) Um, So I would love to talk just a little bit about all the things. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and ask. To talk about this topic mm-hmm. and I feel like we were talking before we started recording of how you know sometimes this topic can be weird to navigate and hard to navigate mm-hmm. and it's hard to know how to speak into it and you don't want to be like oh I'm single like yeah. you know sound yeah. like like a crazy person <laughs> um, but I think this is such an important conversation to have mm-hmm. because this season I'm sure you would say and agree with me is such a gift um, even though it has unique things about it that are difficult. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would love to talk a little bit about this season of life and Mm. what it has looked like for you to steward this season well. Mm. Um, How have you seen God in in this place in your life? And um, what does it look like for you to live fully in this season of your life?
2: Mm.
1: I think that steward is a really good word. It's how we manage the gift God's given us. Mm. And I think where stewardship starts as identifying it as a gift mm. because so many people view singleness as a curse yeah. or a life sentence or um something that they're trying to escape out of or something that they um don't want to be identified as like you know this lonely single so they're like like they, they send the pendulum the other way and they're like, I am good. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. am me, right <laughs> So you get those, those singles who are like, I am a, okay. Right. But then behind closed doors, they're yearning for that, right. that relationship. And so I, I so believe that God has got a balance and he does mm. not call us to live at the end of pendulum swings. Oh yeah. And, um, that that's just in that reaction zone of life and coping and, and scrambling and panicking and, um, rebelling and control, like all the things, right. right? All the feels, all the things. Um, and so to really steward that, well, we have to first identify it as something that is a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think too, if we just take the concept of a gift, think of something that you've been given Mm -hmm. as a gift for like a birthday or Christmas or something like that, that gift means something to you, Mm -hmm. but you might sell that gift five or six years down the road. You might, have that gift that you put in a keepsake box. You might have that gift, just be a part of your house. But that the meaning of that gift is what lasts a lifetime, Mm. not necessarily the gift. Mm. And so, so many times, if we just look at singleness as this end of the road, um, destination point, and that is going to be easy to feel like, well, I don't want to stay single. Yeah. Um, So we're going to not see it as a gift and not identify what it means to us in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the flip side, if we view marriage as a destination and an end point and a gift that we don't have yet, then we're going to always be overlooking the gift of singleness. Mm -hmm. Um, And we always are just going to miss the meaning of what God wants to do through those gifts of the season of our life. And so for me, I think stewarding it In my life now better than i did in my 20s that's part of why i don't want my 20s (laughs) to be relived ever um but part of why my 30s are better than my 20s is because i have really learned to embrace the gift of singleness Mm. um as just that a gift of what God wants to do with it and through it in my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and ultimately, I think the biggest thing as believers is God's word never promises us a spouse.
0: Oh, girl, say that, <laughs> yes.
1: And I think that was the biggest paradigm shift for me yeah. is to really understand, God, you actually never told me when I have a husband, mm-hmm. um, you, you directly, like God directly talks to husbands and wives, but it, I, at least I have not found any Bible scholars who want to tell me differently out there, but I don't find in God's word that he says, I promise to give you a spouse, but I do know that he promises to be our husband. And, and for any men listening, that husband, you, you look at the husbandry aspect of it, Mm -hmm. the tending to caring to that, the role of that provision, protection, care, tenderness, meeting needs, all of that. God meets that. It's Isaiah 54, 5. And it's yeah. one of my favorite verses because to me, he just reminds me, Jenna, I haven't promised you a husband, but I have promised to be your husband. Mm. And so in the moments where you are seeking and wanting that, remember, you have that already. Mm-hmm. It's just not in human form yet. And so human form is limited, mm-hmm. right? We are only able to provide for the other people what our human ability, mm-hmm. depending on the day, yeah, right, and give. <laughs> right. Right. So Oftentimes we expect this bigger capacity out of the role of husband yeah. or wife, if any men are listening. Um, but we expect this capacity for them to like be able to hold all of our needs and meet all of them. And it's similar to asking a gallon of water to be held in a Dixie cup. Yeah. It, it's just not going to hold. It's just not going to work. And yeah. so a gallon holds a gallon, mm-hmm. right? And so... Um, God is that bigger capacity. yeah. And he said, I can hold all of the needs and the right. feelings and everything in you because by the way, I made them, right? I created them, right. so I can best hold them. And so right. those needs are in married, marriage as well as they are in singleness. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that a lot of our broken marriage, actually probably most of our broken marriages have happened because of broken singleness. Yes. Yeah. And so it starts in our singleness to yeah. understand... We're not completing each other. We're not half and half equals one. We're one whole, one whole equals a really great, beautiful picture. Um, If that happens. And so to answer your question, kind of really in a very direct way of stewarding the singleness, the most important thing that I have been able to do is understand that it is one lane of life it's not this end destination. Mm -hmm. So where God chooses to take me Mm -hmm. out of his best plan for my life, Mm -hmm. as long as I'm in that best plan, I'm not missing Mm -hmm. out on anything. Yeah. Yes. And so to understand that if singleness truly is God's best plan for my life Mm -hmm. to be able to use me and to have the room to fulfill me in the deeper way, um, I'm not missing out on marriage. Yeah. And then on the flip side, if God's best plan for my life is eventual marriage, then I'm not missing out on being single. And so I think if we're constantly looking at the gift and not the gift giver Mm -hmm. or the meaning of the gift Mm -hmm. and how that gift is supposed to be used, Mm -hmm. then we're really missing so much and leaving so much on the table.
0: Right. Well, and I think I realized at one point in my life that, um, I was believing this lie mm-hmm. that I was missing out right mm-hmm. that like my my better life would be if I was married or if I was mm-hmm. dating or like whatever and I was like, that is a lie mm-hmm. from the enemy because what the reality is that when I say yes to the Lord, like I'm saying yes to living my very best life. Yeah. And my life wouldn't be better if I was married because if I'm walking with the Lord and living where he has me now, this is as good as it gets, <laughs> like, yeah. you know? And so, but, and it's, and it is good. Yeah. But in most of the time when I'm discontent, it's because I think that my life would be better somewhere else mm-hmm. or some other way. And yeah, God's like, no, no, no. Like when you're walking with me, me and doing this with me this is your best life like it this is the best thing that I have for you and then if it is marriage someday then he'll shift that you know but he's big enough to do that and I think that there can be this kind of narrative in the Christian culture Mm -hmm. that like this season of your life isn't that it is it's like this this Point before you mm-hmm. actually get to the fullness of life, or something mm-hmm. like your your family isn't complete until you're married, or your mm-hmm. your value isn't whole until you're married. And mm-hmm. nobody would specifically say that; it's just almost like implied mm-hmm. in that culture. And um, and I think that that's a very dangerous place because it it makes you feel insignificant, and it makes you feel like your life doesn't fully have impact Mm. until you reach that destination, which is also just like a horrible mindset to have because it's not going to fulfill you. (laughs) And and so I just think there's so much value in exactly what you said, like understanding that like, no, God, like Mm. this is the best thing you have for me. Mm. You know, that, I mean, that is so powerful. And that perspective shift, I feel like everything we're talking about is happens in our Mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, with emotional eating and singleness and seasons. Like, I feel like it all starts in your
1: head. It really does. And I really, one of my favorite things to say is that your mind is either going to be God's training ground or Satan's playground. And Mm. if we don't take captive those thoughts and make them line up with God's truth, um, Satan's just going to play. Like, our minds truly can just be this playground where he just... Place. Yeah. And I don't want that for my mind. Right. Like that feels right. very scary to just have yeah. the enemy of my soul yeah. playing in my brain. Right. He wants to I destroy don't you. Want that. Yeah. yeah. So um absolutely it starts in the way that we think. And I, I'm sure we've heard this so many times, but like the grass is always greener on the other side but it's actually greener where you water it. Mm. And so it's very much that if I'm so focused on as a single being married or as a married in a bad relationship being single, like I just wish I was single because my marriage stinks and, you know, or like my singleness stinks. I just want to be married. Like anytime we look on the other side, um, we're not, we're, we're we're neglecting where we are. Mm -hmm. And so it is going to be greener and more lush where we water it. And Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of one of my favorite scriptures is Jeremiah 17. Um, and it talks about how verses like five, six talks about how, when we put trust in people, we're like this stunted shrub in the desert with an uninhabited salt land. And it just is this picture of being very unfulfilled, super thirsty yeah. and lonely desperate. and yeah. desperate. Um and that I just want to identify that that trust in people, we can trust people and yeah. there's fulfillment and happiness we can have with relationships. Mm-hmm. God is for relationships. Yeah. Um but when we put our soul level, it is well with my soul type of mm-hmm. ability mm-hmm. to be fulfilled if we trust people to come through for that. Again, the capacity thing—they're not able to do that, and so that's where we just are left so empty. And so then, verses I think seven and eight talk about how the opposite side when we put our trust for that it is well with my soul level fulfillment in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Then we it, it paints this picture of this tree right by the stream that puts its roots down deep along the stream, so it's a constant flow of nourishment and living water, and. It's, it, it's never stopping bearing fruit. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. stop bearing the fruit. It's mm-hmm. leaves are always green. Mm-hmm. And it says something like when the, when the heat comes, the yeah. leaves don't worry about yes. like, there's such this picture of security yes. and fulfillment. And there's more things around, like there's a stream, there's fruit, like there's mm-hmm. more things in the picture than just a desert and a stunted shrub. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of my favorite verses. And then right behind it, Verses nine and 10 say, but the heart is the most deceitful. You can really trust it. But I, the Lord, test the heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really been my journey is is kind of really those like five or six verses of really learning to say in my singleness, if I trust that a marriage is going to finally help me arrive at this worthy point or value um then okay so say i get married now what mm-hmm. man that's a lot of pressure on my husband my poor husband right to have right, to nobody be my can God up and up to sustain that, stain that. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. I don't want him to, put right, me right? Like, that don't put it? that on me. <laughs> <Like a horrible laughs> <God>. I mean, <laughs> please don't put me in that position right. to have to be your worth point or your value Oh my point gosh, yeah, and then sustain that for the, the brevity or the length of our marriage, right? Right, like, no, no, thank you, right? But we do that in singleness, we do, and so I remember very clearly, God told me because I just was like, God, just take the desire for husband away <laughs> until it's time and then just drop it in, you know? Right? Um, and he's like, well, no, because you're actually making him your God even before you have him. Mm. So you've got to be able to learn how to manage yeah, the desire and yeah. vision for marriage and not let it take my place as God in your yes. heart.
0: Yes. And I think that can apply to so many things, uh-huh. like not just singleness, like that can apply because I think the reality is that like when you're single, it's a very outward Mm -hmm. picture of like something that that people can feel like is missing or like a desire that you have. But there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. struggling with hidden desires of their heart that people might not see like infertility Mm -hmm. or, um, I mean, just like all, like a million different things like reconciliation in your family or just all kinds of things. And there are these hidden desires of our soul and we can still make all of these things that we want that aren't bad things to want like marriage isn't a bad thing to want a baby Mm -hmm. isn't a bad thing to want reconciliation isn't a bad thing and yet if those things become elevated higher than the mm. Lord, like we're just setting ourselves up for failure because yeah. it's even when you get that thing, it's not going to be enough, yeah. you know? And then you're like, well, then what? Like, and I don't want to get to a point in my life where maybe I get married and then I'm like, now what, God? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that sounds well, miserable. I'm
1: here. <laughs> yeah, like
0: what is that? Right. It's
1: absolute. I, lo- I love that because it is very much this ability to learn how to balance the desire for something you don't have and balance what you do have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how do those things not take god's place in your heart yeah. um and that's kind of connecting back to the book with the food issues that's very much like we have to have food every single day mm. so while i can say well i'm not gonna date i'm not gonna be around a boy like right well i can kind of Truly abstain from even relationship with a man, which I don't desire to. But I'm just saying, like, right. I have the ability to, like, right. cut, isolate myself yeah, and cut that cut off. off. Yeah. But without food, you die. And so. <laughs> that doesn't work. You yeah. need food. Right. Without a man, you don't die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but with food, you you have to have food. And so how do I, even with that, in my own life, how do I balance the desire for a man, a husband, mm-hmm. um, that I don't have yet mm-hmm. and not let him be my God? Mm-hmm. Or the marriage be my God or my identity, all the stuff. Right. And then also how do I balance having to interact with food, <laughs> have food in my life, yeah, and not let it take over right. and become my God and right. source of control or fulfillment. Right. So it's always this how do we place God where He belongs on the throne of our hearts mm. and put people where they belong? in relationship with us mm-hmm. on the same plane as human right yeah. human yeah. and created things um and I think as Christians, we really struggle to feel like, well, I should do that one and done. Like, it should – like, okay, yeah. God, you're in your place. Human, yeah. you're in right. your place. All right. Food or substance or thing, you're in your place. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> right? Yeah. But that's a constant – Yes. It, it, we have to recycle. Yes. Like yes. rinse. what is it? Rinse, repeat. Rinse, repeat. Like, we have right. to constantly right. check that because – the heart is most deceitful. Mm-hmm. Who can really trust it? Um, and that's where our our feelings, our desires, all of that stuff. And that's also where the verse I'm thinking of says, "Transform your life by the renewing of your mind." And mm-hmm. um, we have to renew our mind daily to be able to really live within that freedom that God has right. called us to. Right. Um, and I think too what you had said earlier about the culture of the church and about singleness being something that is like, well, you're not quite there yet because you don't have the family. Mm-hmm. I think also that's a locational culture thing too. Because I know like on the coasts, yeah, um, singleness is more of a lifestyle mm-hmm. versus um, a relationship status. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know there's singles that still struggle that who live on the coasts, but there's just a lot more of a culture that is very much more single driven than mm-hmm. even family driven. Mm-hmm. And so we here in the Midwest have a very family driven mm-hmm. culture. hmm and so we're not only fighting our own desires, Satan's lies, and then kind of the church culture who has not necessarily supported singleness as, as well as they could um, because we're in this very family-driven, right, locational right. dynamic. So it is. It, it has layers to it. And mm-hmm. I think, again, if we don't allow God to show us what we're believing about our singleness what we're believing about marriage, what we're believing about what's on the other side. um, We're not going to be able to really deal with it in a way that glorifies Him.
0: Right. Absolutely. So what would you say to the person who's just like wrestling with hope right now? Like in, in the season of singleness, but maybe not just in the season of singleness, maybe Mm -hmm. in a really difficult marriage, maybe Mm -hmm. um, wanting a child, but not being able to have a child or wanting this job and not being able to get this job. Like, what would you say to the person who's just wrestling with God with discontentment and dissatisfaction like what would your encouragement to them Mm. be like as they move forward um I love that you said when you first asked me that who's struggling
1: with hope because I think that that's the core of it all Mm -hmm. um I think asking your question asking the question to yourself where is my hope placed Mm -hmm. and what helps me is to kind of fill in the blanks of if if this would just happen then I could blank. So like if blank could happen, then I could blank. So Mm -hmm. fill in your blanks. Um, So for me, when God had, before he'd really healed me and brought me out of the marital thing, um, if, and I'll kind of apply it to the singleness and the food and then wrap it back around. So if I could just get married, then I would be worth um, having that companionship or the effort, right? Then with the food, if I could just be skinny then I could get my husband. So they were kind of tied in together mm-hmm. for me. Um, and so what God had to really reveal is my hope was in the wrong place because that is where we go wrong is we put hope in things and we have put hope in people and in the word hope. I love the verse that says hope does not put us to shame. Yeah. That's one of my favorite verses because what it is saying is that the hope that we have in Christ Mm -hmm. through our salvation, through a relationship with him, we're never left to feel empty or dissatisfied or confused when we allow him to fill that place. Mm -hmm. Um, When I am hoping in something or someone that are created things and beings. I'm just always left with a little bit of dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that was so sweet, but if they could have just done maybe <laughs> this, or yeah. you know, or if this could have happened sooner, or there's just always the but if, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hope in that, if if you are struggling with anything, um, with God, with hope, with timing. One of my favorite songs by Hillsong, or no, it's by Bethel, it's Take Courage. And it's Mm -hmm. Take Courage, my soul, stay steadfast. No, Take Courage, my heart, stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. Hold on to hope as your victory unfolds. Mm -hmm. He's in the waiting. And those lyrics have just really always stuck with me. Um, And I've had to, just like David did, is challenge himself and say, where is your hope placed? oh, my soul, why are you so downcast? Put your hope in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I've had to really kind of mimic that and say, Jenna, what are you hoping in? Like, are you hoping in this circumstance changing that that is gonna bring your peace, that that is gonna bring your joy and your fulfillment? That is not God. Mm-hmm. The circumstance, this this thing coming to fruition, this person, that is not, they don't have the capacity to fill right. that hope place within your heart. And so It's a reshuffling again it's looking where is my hope at what am i feeling what am i believing and then shifting that to the place that can actually hold all of that yeah which is the lord
0: yeah oh so much wisdom my friend so much good stuff it's just such an encouragement to me and I know that this will be such an encouragement to so many people because I I know so many people that are yeah. are fighting for hope in so mm-hmm. many different ways and yeah. hope to to be over this addiction or hope mm-hmm. to you know like just so many things and so it's just true like everything yeah. that you're saying is true and it's right and it it does it works you know like Jesus works yeah. like he really does heal and he really does restore and he really does have that capacity to hold yeah. our hope and Um, our expectations and our desires, Mm. like all of it. And so it's just so, so rich and so good. So I'm just so grateful for that. Um, So where can people find your book?
1: Yeah. So um, my website, jennabarbosa.com, it will have the book available as soon as pre-sales start. That'll happen on that. And, um, or you can always find information about where to go from so that'll be my hub love it is just all things jenna barbosa go to jenna um and so speaking engagements book release all of those things will happen from the website um so you'll be able to pre-sale or pre-sales pre-orders go pretty quickly i think in the next couple months so so i'm really excited about it but yes that the website is really where you would wanna, okay want to find That's me contact
0: me if you have any perfect. questions or anything like that. when we will put that in the show notes that yes. way people can link to it really oh, easily good. because i want people to read your book because i know good. i know that it's going to be so transformative and yes. i remember when we first i heard, when i first heard you speak about this and then we had a, another conversation about mm-hmm. this i was like oh I didn't know that I would need something. Like, I was like, oh, emotional eating. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, great. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is me too. You know, because it's so easy to be like, I'm having a hard day. Uh And that,
1: you know, know? just real quickly, that's something that with the support groups I really found is um, so many people struggle with emotional eating that you would not look at or think would have that struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, Even I have bodybuilder friends. I have – Mamas, I have skinny, itty bitty little friends, I have um full figured friends. I have mm-hmm. so many women mm-hmm. of shapes and sizes and lifestyles that I have come in contact with and they struggle with it. Men yeah. do too. Yeah. Um, I just understand the heart of a woman behind right. the food stuff a right. little bit more. My goal is eventually to have a men's group and that. I'm praying that God will rise up or, you know, rise up men to take yeah. that mantle on. But um it is not like emotional eating stuff started with eve in the garden Mm. and so it does not discriminate of who struggles with it yeah and so some people don't really struggle with it but a lot of people do yeah and so that's exciting for me to be able to be like oh this isn't just like one oh my specific demographic you know but this is really it can touch the heart of um so many people and it can be applied to anything other than food yeah and so you can put food comma blank, blank, you know, you can really kind of put your other stuff into it as well.
0: Right. Right. And I think there's so much value in, in what you're saying of like, it's not just like a particular person that you Mm -hmm. think would struggle with emotional eating. It can, it can be so many of us. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's freedom in that because I think a lot of times like the enemy wants to keep things in the dark and be like, well, you're surely the only person who feels this way, you know, like I cannot believe that you X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you bring that into the light, it usually happens that there's so many other people dealing with the same thing, and Satan yeah. was telling them the exact same thing. Absolutely. They're the only one. Like I cannot believe, as a Christian, you mm-hmm. you know, or like whatever it is, and you're like, wait, wait, mm-hmm. wait, like yeah. that's not true. Like look how many other people. And not that there's like rejoicing in the fact that other people struggle, but there's right. just like it's ability. It. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And then you can link arms and be like, we're not doing this anymore. Yes. Like we're not gonna live like this anymore. And yeah. so I feel like that's another huge reason why your support groups are so powerful mm-hmm. is like to be able to link arms with people in that mm-hmm. and, and have that community aspect of like, no, we're going to fight this together mm-hmm. and we're going to keep each other accountable. Um, but, but we're not alone. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Those
1: groups have really provided such camaraderie and Ugh, ability to that. say like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. You just vocalized what I think yes and, and to have that relatability. And I love, yeah. um, just kind of a plug for the groups. They are free. Love it. Part of the vision with this is support groups will always be a free thing for people to show up to and have that community. Um, part of that too, is just God saying like, this is just a service you're going to offer. But part of it too, is just kind of like, at least for me, like I spent so much food or so so much money on like eating out as a part of my struggle with it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't have the money to like, put. so some people are at a place to where they need that help, but don't have the money. And then other people, they just don't want another bill. Like they want to be able to just get that support. So the support groups will always be free. And then there's also tenacious grace coaching, Okay, where people can hire coaches to be able to walk one on one with them specifically, yeah. in this journey and take them through a lot of those deeper connections that yep. happen um, with food, and so that is for hire. And you can even become certified as a coach, hey, and have your own clientele, and oh, also that's be certified as a facilitator and lead groups. So that's amazing. More information on those two on my website, okay, also in the back Good. of the book, um, but it's yeah it's an exciting journey and so adventure. many
0: amazing resources yes. that's so like i just love that you're touching people in so many different ways mm-hmm. and just giving so many opportunities for people to experience transformation in their life mm-hmm. in this area um because i think that when we can get like again it's and not even like us controlling it either again mm-hmm. but like allowing the lord to yes. control it um there's freedom in that. And I think we fight that. We feel like there wouldn't be freedom if we let go of control Mm -hmm. of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I'm going to keep my control over this because this feels like the one thing. And yeah, God's like, no, no, no. If you surrender this to me, you can experience the freedom that I have for you. And I want that for myself. Mm -hmm. I want that for all kinds of people. And so I'm just so grateful that you've provided those resources. Yeah. Um, The last question that I have for you that I ask everybody on the podcast is what are you learning in this season of your life? life i think that where i'm at through this journey and just
1: how much healing god has done from staying on the operating table with him like it's been an intense 23 months that i've been like very intense Mm -hmm. with saying god like i am on this table you dig deep and do this work and so It's exhausting, (laughs) but I've, I've kind of come on the other side of some healing in big, big ways, um, with relationships with men. And then also with, um, my relationship with food. And I think the biggest thing I'm learning right now is that healing feels awkward to have new healed muscles, like spiritual and mental and physical and, and emotional muscles that you're exercising. It feels very awkward Um, and it feels it feels like I'm doing it wrong sometimes because I'm not used to doing it this way. Yeah. And so when we are so stuck in our own control, when we're in our own head, when we're doing things kind of our way versus God's way for so long. That's what has felt normal, and that's where we have like the you know whole comfort zone thing. Mm -hmm. It's actually not comfortable; it's just really familiar.
0: Yeah. Um. And so
1: this new way of operating out of a healthy mindset is very. It's almost kind of like, what do I do with my hands? Like, I don't don't, don't know what to do. Like, right, can be scary. It is, and it just feels very awkward. And Mm -hmm. so Satan wants to tell you. Um, and he's been trying to tell me that, well, you must be doing it wrong because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you're used to feeling yeah. and it doesn't look like it's used to looking. Um, and that's where I've had to really learn to stand firm. My life first is Galatians five one, and it says, it is for freedom Christ has set you free. So mm. stand firm. Don't turn again to the yoke of slavery. And so... God has brought me out of that captivity of codependency and idolatry with men and food and a bunch of other things. Um, And so now I'm at that, okay, what does standing firm look like? Mm. Stand firm, because I'm not going to turn backward, but the standing firm feels awkward and weird. God, am I doing it right? So trusting that God is the one leading me because of the freedom in freedom. um, I think that's the biggest thing right now is to stop trusting my own ability to be my own indicator of whether I'm like doing healthiness right, but saying really, God, where is my heart? Is it lined up with your truth? Am I acting as a healed person or am I acting as an unhealed person? Yeah. Am I reacting as an unhealed person or am I responding as a healed person? Right. Um, as awkward as that feels, I can feel all the feels, but still act healed Yeah. and, and kind of really walk that out. And so, I think right now the biggest thing in my life is really understanding that I can still press forward and understand that even if it feels awkward, I can absolutely know that I am acting in a way that glorifies God, setting myself up for success and operating in those new healed muscles Mm -hmm. and that, that new healed
0: place. I love it. Embrace the awkward. Yeah. It's it's a thing though. It, it is. is. It's such it is. a thing. Oh, yeah. I love you so much. And I, I just you adore you. you so much. Thank you for doing this. You are the best. Yeah. And I am so excited for your book. I will post all about it because I'm just stoked for you. Mm. And I'm stoked for the people that will be so encouraged yeah. um, and inspired through it. And so it's just such a blessing and a gift. So thank you for doing this, friend. Well,
1: thank you for having me. And I just pray super blessings over you and your community of listeners. I know that they are super blessed to have you
0: being their fearless leader so thank you for having me Jessica. i told y'all that she was bringing the fire and did she not That girl knows what is up. She knows the truth. She has walked with the Lord and she's walked through difficult things. And so she's just so full of wisdom. I love listening to her speak. I feel like I could just listen to her talk all day long and keep learning and keep gleaning all of the things that I need to know for my life. So I am just so thankful for Jenna. So thankful that she was willing to hop on the podcast today and talk with us I am leaving some links in the show notes so that you can find Jenna and reach out to her. If you are local and think you might want to be a part of a support group, you can find that information on her website and you guys can order her book, Tenacious Grace, as soon as it is out. So I hope that you guys really enjoyed this conversation. I know that I did, and I can't wait to continue to see how Jenna is such an inspiration to so many people around her. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, please go leave us a review. Reviews mean so much, and it helps other people find us, which we always love. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Photo if you want to stay in touch. I hope you guys have an amazing week, and we will see you next time here on the True Speaks Pod podcast.